0: What's good, my fellow footy fans? Today's episode is the third edition in collaboration with Football Planet. So make sure you head to Instagram and follow them under at FTBL Planet. And you better hit us up with a follow too under at Footy Pod because you're just going to get great content all the time. So this past week brought us some entertaining matches, some big news. So you know what? Let's go right into it. You know the drill. Cue it up. On today's episode, we have special guest Sam Mills on. You may know him as Bucket Hat Sam on YouTube. Sam, how are you doing today, man?
1: Not too bad, mate. How are you?
0: I'm wonderful. We got a big game today, Liverpool versus Tottenham. So I'm excited for that one for sure. But uh, we've had a busy week in the football world, especially in England. Frank Lampard gets the sack. Thomas Tuchel gets appointed. What are you thinking about that one, man? It was, it was
1: inevitable. We kind of knew it with Abramovich. He, he never keeps a manager for more than a season and a half, let's be honest. If you if you make it past the uh, the 18-month period, you, you've done well. But no, <laughs> I think it was kind of inevitable. The, the turn of form, it was, it was really poor. I, I, I don't know your personal opinion on it, but I, I do think it was the right decision. I do think it was his time, and that's quite controversial. But for me, he, he had to go, look.
0: No, I, I I totally agree with you. I mean, um, it's it's sad because he is a club legend, and you don't want to see him exit in that fashion. And it's, it's worrying to me because people are going to now when they think of Frank Lampard, they're going to think about his tenure as the manager at Chelsea, rather than how good he was and how prolific of a player he was when he played for Chelsea. But, uh, in terms of his performance, I, I never thought he was in control his entire year and a bit there. You know, I, I just, he did, they didn't make top four last season. And you know, when it hit last summer, you're thinking. Wow, you know, Ziyech is coming in, Werner, Havertz, all these guys, Thiago Silva. So you're thinking we were thinking optimistically, but for I just never got the sense that he was actually in control. Did you feel that way too?
1: Yeah, I completely and the main thing for me was in, I'd watch his games and I could never see a style like you look at your man City, your man United, you know what you're gonna get. Whereas with Chelsea, the, the they've switched from about five to about to them to about three to yeah. about four, and the defense was changing every week. I'm pretty sure the most centre back uh, pairings this season, because it's that I just couldn't I couldn't get a style like they. they I, I don't know what it was. I couldn't yeah. put my finger on it. But just watching them, I never knew what you'd get with them. I know they went on a really good run at one point around January, where that they, they were tipped for like title challenges, weren't they, at one point. And then it yeah. kind of really dipped out of form. But I never I never saw him going crazy on the touchline. He always seemed to just have his arms crossed, and I could never I know. Obviously, the posture and stuff—you can't really read too much into it. But I could never. Don't think it, as you said, it's the control. I, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what was going on with his head. But mm-hmm. I never really thought they could really push on with him.
0: Yeah, I, I I completely agree with you. And you know, I think when you watch a manager on the on the touchline, I think you can really tell a lot by their posture. And it's hard to read it sometimes. But you know, guys like Ancelotti, Guardiola, Mourinho you never see them panic and you you see a lot of raw emotion for sure. And, and sorry, Klopp, I should mention that you see a lot of raw emotion, but you never see them sort of panicking or that look of, you know, fright on their face. And I just thought Lampard internally was just (laughs) losing his mind and completely nervous and didn't know what to do. And to your point about the formation, like I never saw a consistent formation, you know, he preferred the four, three, three, but it changed all the time. You had five at the back line. You had three, and then the wing backs. You had four, and with all these new signings this year, you know, for me, the most suitable formation for this team would be the four two three one, because yeah, that's get, what a
1: lot of Chelsea fans have been calling out for, haven't they?
0: Yeah, and and I, and I, th- I was thought about it, and I, and I was thinking like, yeah, it, it totally works because you can put either. I I would play Conte every single game. You got Conte, then you got one of Jorginho or Kovacic. And then right in the middle of the field, you got to play Kai Havertz, and then the wings talk about their versatility. You got Zies, you got Pulisic, you got um, you got Werner at the top with Tammy Abraham, Giroud. Like they have options all over the field. It's just I don't I don't think he could have I don't think he understood where to play the guys and what kind of formation to play them in.
1: Yeah, it was like somebody else had signed them. Like he'd signed the players, and then never they couldn't fit into his team. Like. Werner playing on the wing for all this time, I, I could not. That that was the one that really got me. It yeah. annoyed me every single week when I saw it. Mm. It just, for some reason, couldn't fit him in the team. And then Giroud was scoring goals, and then Giroud wouldn't make the team. So I I couldn't understand what he was doing.
0: Uh, I I think that just it goes right back to the sense that he literally had no control over the team. Because if we look at, like, you look at the weapons that this team has, that Chelsea has and like they rival the offensive weapons that City and Liverpool have and Man United a 100% and they Definitely have the nice. same they have the same sort of depth that Man City has like in it, for each position they have one or two options two or three options I should say that are you put them in they're going to produce and yeah. Mason Mount you put him in he's going to play well Kai Havertz maybe not but he's got that pedigree and the talent to play well Werner Giroud Tammy Abraham all these guys Hudson Adoy like you put these guys in, they're going to play and and I don't I don't understand that you know at some point he had a record this year of eight five eight wins five draws and six losses and that's just that's unacceptable when you have these guys. no I
1: completely agree yeah not,
0: like how, how how do you not score goals
1: yeah no I, I, I completely agree and I, I know last night obviously it was a it was a nil-nil draw against uh, the Wolves yeah but you saw in the, the first half especially you saw kind of the impact already. I thought the first half they looked they, they actually looked like they knew what they looked well drilled. I saw a different Kai Havertz, especially he was the one that stood out for me last night. Yeah. but I know he played a, a five at the back and he played Hudson Adoy as a wing back. Which, I
0: saw that to too, be honest. Yeah,
1: I was a bit shocked, but he really he played there. He played well. His pace, um, he just, he just completely. I think it's El El Nuri, the uh, left back for the Wolves. He yeah, he just tore was... him apart. He just absolutely yeah. tore him apart last night. And that's the thing you haven't seen that from. The players like Hudson-Odoi, uh, Pulisic came on for a bit, I think. And it's, it's just, I, I don't get it. I, I can see now why they've done it. I think Tuchel will really do do some really good business for them as well in the coming mm-hmm. months. I th- I've seen they've been quite linked with quite a few players, but I do think he's a brilliant manager.
0: Yeah, I, I, I honestly, this was, for the managers who were avail- available, this was the most perfect fit. Because you think about the teams that he's managed, you know, PSG, and Borussia, they're very similar teams to Chelsea in the way that they have a lot of stars. They're high-profile jobs, and they play a very similar style. And I just think guy like Tuchel arrives there. He's German. You got two German stars in your team, along with Rudiger and all these guys. And then you, you you think about, okay, he handled Di Maria, Mbappe, Neymar, Icardi, uh, you know, Verratti, all these guys. These are big players. So he knows Big how to handle, he, he knows how to handle the stars, and yeah. and he's been with different teams, and he's been to the Champions League final. He knows his tactics. Is he the right man for the job? I think so. I think so.
1: Not the choice is there's there's not really anybody else you could have seen. I know Allegri was linked with the job, but really, yeah. I think he. The, and I think the biggest thing for me was um, he brought Pulisic to me through the ranks at uh, Dortmund, yeah, where Brussia Dortmund. So he's got links with some of the players and. And I think, I think it was last season or the season before, he said Kai Havertz was one of the, the best players he'd ever seen play. So mm-hmm. I do think he's a brilliant fit and he will get the best out of some of those players because he does. He is all about attack. It's, it's, it's all about attack and free-flowing, very mm-hmm. tactical sides. So, and I know there seems to be kind of... A lot of Chelsea fans aren't happy with the move and they, they don't think he's a, a brilliant manager, but... I know he had a lot of good players at PSG, but that's the furthest they've ever got in the competition, isn't it? Like it's it's a, it's a yeah. brilliant achievement to get, yeah, it is. and that it Bayern is. Munich side is not many teams are going to beat Bayern Munich anyway. So the fact that yeah. everyone could, it's, it's, it's it's he has done brilliant business at all the clubs, especially at Borussia Dortmund. He I think oh, yeah. he won the German Cup with them uh, again, again against the Bush, against the Bayern Munich side, yeah. which again dominate all the German football and European <laughs> football.
0: Yeah. And, and I honestly, I, I totally agree with you that to that point about the Champions League, it's uh, any team who gets through there is going to have a very difficult time beating Bayern Munich. And what's what's troubling is that the PSG in that game, they had the chances. They could have scored yeah. three, four goals. They just didn't. And it was just wasn't a yeah, good there. game. And it was a great game, I thought. And they only lost one nothing like Bayern was ripping through the Champions League. They ripped through Chelsea. They destroyed Barcelona. You know, and and, and at that time, at that time, you know, I would say PSG and Barcelona were on a pretty even keel, right? So, so to only lose one nil, to have those chances to play that well during that game, it's a great achievement for both PSG and Tuchel. And a lot of people look down upon that because they, the expectations for PSG were so high because of Neymar, because of Mbappe. But we never really consider how Neymar is always injured and Mbappe doesn't always play the best and Accardi is an inform and they and now well before he he got sacked they were relying on guys like Moise Keane relying on guys like Paredes and Varati. and it's not a bad there's not bad players to rely on but when you have the likes of these super talented and quality players on your team you shouldn't have to rely on the lower end guys and the guys at the bottom of the pecking order so i just think it was a fantastic job he did at PSG the only problem is, is um i want to see more of Christian Pulisic and when he was at Barusa, and he had Pulisic on the bench, he didn't see. we didn't see a lot of him. So yeah. I don't know what the situation with him is. And I just saw a quote literally 20 minutes ago saying that he wants to bring him off the bench. I don't know. Do you think that's a good idea with the options they have or do you think he should be starting every game?
1: I, th- I think at the moment, I do think that he... he I don't think he's on the level... Of Zeek or Zayak, how do you say his name? Yeah, or, yeah. And um, Hudson Adoy, I do think, and he has only just come back from quite a big injury last season, hasn't he? So yeah. I think when he's fully fit, he will definitely be competing. And he last season we saw definitely he'd start if he can get back to the form of last season. But I'd ease him into the side and kind of just see how players like Zeek and Hudson Adoy kind of start off and then feed him into the squad. And then definitely he should be a starting eleven, but give him mm. time because. I'm I know he, he's still struggling with the injury. I know he keeps coming on, but he hasn't started many games this season.
0: Yeah, and I think he he's going to play a big role in their Champions League campaign. And I think that this this all this whole ordeal it's a little too close to their first leg against Sevilla. But at the end of the day, what are you going to do? Like it, these things happen, and I just think that. It's, it's a good, it was very, it was a very mediocre debut for Tuchel. And like you said, we did see some, some improvement. We saw some progress. Um, they did face a side in the Prem that is, is accustomed to kind of, you know, messing with the bigger teams in the top six, but a, an okay start. I just think that, you know, you're, they're going up against, they're not playing Sevilla, they're playing at Madrid, my bad. They're going up at Letico Madrid. Um, and this is a nightmare matchup for them. And if they don't say so they're in brilliant form,
1: aren't they? Yeah. Let's go, especially with Suarez. Yeah, now they're, <laughs>
0: in, they're in excellent form and atletico, their playing style compared to Chelsea's playing style. It's just, it's not a good matchup for Chelsea. And if Tuchel is going to make a real impact, he's got to get out of that round of 16. He's got to go to the quarters. And for me right now, I wouldn't take them, but again, they got about give or take two and a half, three weeks. So, Get some wins on the board and 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 then, you know, show up in the Champions League. You, you can't lose 7-0 in aggregate like you did last year to Bayern, although it was Bayern. You still can't do that.
1: Yeah. I do I do think it'll be a really tough one against um, Atletico, as you said, because oh, yeah. we saw last night against the Wolves side who put – they a good side Wolves, I believe, in really bad form recently, the worst oh, yeah. form in the league. Mm-hmm. So they literally went for a draw. They put all the players behind the ball and countered mm-hmm. them. And I, I think it was Pedro, Pedro Neto
0: yeah, uh, hit the crossbar.
1: crossbar yeah in the last minute so you did see they've still got that they're still seem quite fragile at the back i do think he definitely needs to sort that out but he, as you said three and a half weeks he's just got to try and learn how to beat a team because atletico do sit back and do put that block on and counter counter oh, yeah. the hell out of you to be honest so oh yeah that, that it, it will be a quite i know it's a lot better side than the wolves but it'll be a very similar style of play to the wolves played last night they need to learn yeah. how to break down a side like atletico 100
0: and atletico are, are very physical And they are very, they're, they're used to being in this competition. This is this UCL for the past 10 years is nothing new to Atletico Madrid. They beat everybody on the slate and, um, for Chelsea's playing style, very fragile players, but very athletic and very skillful, uh, just a lot of young talent. And for me, and I talked about this months ago and it was, it was really came down to, you know, when it gets tough, when they're facing some adversity and when they're one 0 two 0 down against a team like Atletico Madrid, like you said, will sit behind the ball. Will they be able? Will they be able to bounce back from that? And I don't know yeah. because they don't really have that guy, that that leader on the pitch that can go and score the goals and rally the team.
1: Yeah, the only I think I think they try to fix that by getting kind of a leader and somebody can rally with with yeah. a lot of experience with Thiago Silva at yep. the back. I know he's aging now, but you've seen this season he's kind of. You can see him and Aspilicueta, the two the two leaders of the side. I know they're both getting on. But yeah. I do think he will help with a lot of experience in, in the Champions League, as you said. But I do get what you're saying. That I know Giroud is the, the, the older player up top, but they don't really have much experience going forward. No, so I do, I do agree with what you're pointing there. And it, it, those games, like the, the away game against Atletico, I do think it will help, though, with no fans. Because I think if it, the younger players at Atletico against the side they go one nil down yeah i, yeah. I could not, not see chelsea coming back Man. from that. But i do think
0: at the wanda metropolitano if they had fans and they were one nil down forget about it <laughs> I see forget what I mean. about it that atmosphere there is nuts it's insane
1: um with diego simeone running up and down the touch line like, and... you, you, you can't see it happening can you <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: and all his antics and all his chirps and Especially with his presence, man. Like, honestly, if I was a manager and I was in that matchup, Chelsea, whatever, going up against Atletico, Diego Simeone is a pretty intimidating guy. Like, he's... Yeah, I'd, just, I'd just sit in the dugout. I'd probably <laughs> hide, to be honest. <laughs> I, would just, I would just... I would go out when he goes in the dugout, and then when he comes back out, I'm <laughs> right back on the bench.
1: Um, he's crazy. I love him, though. I do, I do love him. He's I a brilliant like manager.
0: Him. He's, He's literally perfect perfect for atletico madrid he's the embodiment of that team and i yeah i i think they they couldn't have gotten a better guy if they tried for sure
1: yeah you can't imagine atletico without him now either he's just kind of that's immediately when i when i think of atletico that isn't the first person i think of
0: now oh 100 110 he he's literally like the embodiment of that club there's not been a better manager for that team ever it's like what we think about pep and, and barcelona or we think about. Mourinho and, like, that Inter or the Chelsea team. They literally are that team. And Diego yeah. Simeone is Atletico <laughs> Madrid. Um, oh, go ahead. So, a few days ago, I heard this transfer rumor. And I don't know. It, it's, like, just a rumor. Nothing's in the works yet, obviously. But killing Mbappe to Liverpool. And he reportedly said that League 1 is, uh, is limiting his potential and that Liverpool would give him that sense of fulfillment. So, what do you think about Mbappe to Liverpool? How crazy is that?
1: <laughs> it's blowing. It's just blowing my mind even thinking about it. It would be great for the Premier League. One hundred percent would be brilliant. But the one thing that I can't get my head around is I know he plays mainly on the majority of the time on the wing, doesn't he? At Liverpool, mm, uh, yeah. uh, sorry, at PSG. Yeah. Where if he came to Liverpool, they have got two of the best wingers at, at Liverpool themselves. I know, I know Mbappe is a brilliant player, but Salah and Mane both in themselves are ridiculous players. Some of the best yeah. wingers in Europe.
0: Yeah. And, and, and they're used to that position, right? Yeah.
1: And I, I don't know why I can I, I wish it would happen, but I can't see it. I think it'd be more realistic of what I'd read about him linked with a uh, Real Madrid. I could see that more, more so yeah. with the problems they've been having with the wingers they have signed with Vincius and um, Hazard have not really lived up to the the standard that they want. And I don't know. I'd love to see him in the Premier League, and I think he'd really suit the style. He's very athletic, very pacey, clinical finisher, and he's got that bit of like that bit of magic that you need in the Premier League. He's A bit of a showman. I, I do think it would be brilliant to see, but I, I just can't see it at Liverpool. I, I don't know why. I just can't see it.
0: Yeah, I I, uh, I think I'm agreeing with you there, and um, I think that as he matures, he's going to turn more into a central attacker rather than a wing player, which would fit the Liverpool front three. I mean, yeah. I would start him over from Mignog. Oh, I think God. Day in and day <laughs> every day of the week. <laughs> Not every day of the week, yeah. Um, but the problem is, is like Liverpool, as far back as I can remember, they have never spent nine figures, like a hundred million plus on a player. No, I can't remember it. And I, I remember Van Dyke, I remember Salah. I remember Mane. But I've never seen them, you know, Bust the market, break the market, and spend a hundred and thirty million euros on our pounds on whoever it may be. I've never seen that, and and it's all it's due because they don't they don't do that. That's their not their club, but it's also due to the fact that they don't really have the money that those bigger teams have. Uh, their 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 squad worth is through the roof, one of the most valuable squads in the world. But in terms of spending money, they just don't have. They can't compare. They can't compete with. Man City, with Real Madrid, with Bayern, with Man U. So for It's all funded by that
1: Coutinho, wasn't it? It was yeah, Coutinho and they sold him for 120 or whatever million it was. Majority of their squad, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, there yeah. you go. Majority of the squad is funded by that. Their net spend is extremely low. When you when you look mm-hmm. at the the size of the club they are, their net spend is brilliant. Over the last few years, it's only, I think it's like 20 or 30 million over the last, say, five yeah. years.
0: Yeah. Well, you look at Thiago, right? They got him for 30 mil. Which is a fantastic signing for thirty million. I've said he's a, he's a ninety million dollar midfielder. That's it. Yeah, definitely. He changes the game, and it is fantastic. Their their business is fantastic, but if they really wanted to go full out with Mbappe or for Mbappe, they're you're competing with Real Madrid, who just do not care about spending money. Like they <laughs> yeah. will buy if if PSG put a price tag. Here's we put two hundred forty million euros on Mbappe. Okay, we'll buy him. Want to throw in Vinicius in there? Whatever. We'll pay an extra. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They will do that. Yeah. They are willing to do that. And Liverpool just, when it starts getting to those figures, you can't really compete. And the only way I could see this having a chance at happening is if Salah leaves for Real and they get 145, 150 million again. And then the next, because he's going to go for more than Neymar, I believe. He's, yeah. I think that's oh, definitely, happen. definitely he's definitely. younger, more potential world cup winner. I think he'll go more for more of the namer. um, so they'll have to spot, you know, if they get 150 million, let's just say from first a they'll have to spot that extra hundred or that extra 80 or 90. And it's just that's, whether they do it, isn't it? It's whether they'll do it or not. And that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. So honestly, I don't, I don't see it happening. Personally, I would love to see it. They would be talk about unstoppable now. They would be that nobody's stopping fire. it would <laughs> be crazy. Like, like it would be yeah. actually stupid how much pace that front three would have. they nobody would be able to catch up. Not a chance. No. Not a you chance. You blink
1: and then the, the ball be in the back of the net when you blink.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like they would start. You know, we've seen some crazy results at City out yeah, where they guy they score like after seven seconds, after six seconds. It would literally be like that. Oh, kickoff, long ball to Mbappe, goal back again money behind the defender goal. Like, it would just be goals, 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 goals. Um, but speaking of signings, Liverpool are in a bit of a... They're they're not in good form at all right now. They don't have a win in their last five. Who do you think they need to start winning again? I, th-
1: I, think, right, I think they just need a centre-back. With Van Dijk out, I think we've seen Klopp doesn't obviously trust the youngsters, and that's why he's dropped Fabinho and Henderson. And I love Henderson. He's one of my favourite players in the league. And I think yeah. as a holding midfielder or a box box midfielder, he's brilliant. But I think we've seen in recent weeks, he, he, when he drops back, they lose a lot of the creative edge that they used to have. And I do think it, it's a hole. When he moves, it's a massive hole. So I think either they need a better centre-back or they need to find another central midfielder. Because mm. I, I love Wijnaldum, yeah. but I don't think he's happy at the moment. I know he's been linked with Barcelona and supposedly signed a pre-contract. You don't know with that. But one album hasn't seemed to either play too well this season. And yeah. Thiago, he's gonna take time. He was out with a bad injury again. And I don't know. I think they need a central midfielder or a centre back. Yep. One of the two. One of the I, two uh, for
0: definite for me. I agree. I agree. And I think that uh <clears throat> I think that the um the the obviously the huge issue here is that Van Dyke is out. And you, who it doesn't matter who you have, it's gonna be very hard filling that void. Van Dijk is if he's playing, when he's playing, he's probably a top two. if not the best center back in the world, and just for me, it does take Van Dijk to be back. But like, you can't, you can't start losing games when one guy's injured. You have to have some yeah. depth, and it's incredible to think that this team went through last season without getting any serious injuries and won the EPL with one squad, with yeah. one starting eleven. You know, guys like Origi came on, guys like Minamino came on, sure. But you think about how, yeah, for those really big matches, they literally played the same lineup. And that's lucky. I'm not saying their victory was lucky. I'm saying they went through an entire season without losing one of those guys to injury. And now... I completely agree, yeah. Yeah, and now comes the time where, you know, you know, damn, Van Dyke is out for eight months. He tore his ACL. What do we do? And that's where... Maybe we should have been in for Nathan Ake. Maybe yeah. we should go by Upa McConnell. Maybe we should go by a good center back. Because
1: I do think they were unlucky as well, weren't they, with the Joe Gomez injury as well. I know oh, I mean I know yeah. that was unlucky. Because mm-hmm. yeah. then they went to Matip and mm. Gomez. And then Gomez like- got injured. And then Matip's been in and out of the <laughs> squad injury. Like yeah. I do think it has all come at once, but I do completely agree with what you what you're saying. They should really have, even if it's not a top player, just a person who can, even just a center back, to be honest, literally got no centre backs. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, I I agree. Like it is terrible luck. We're not, (laughs) there's no (laughs) sugarcoating that. It's literally like, it's terrible luck. It is. It's not good, but you know, let's just say for the sake of it, that this happened in Man City. Like they have five center backs they can put in at any given moment. Or say, happens in the midfielder. Okay, fine. Gunduan's in, and he's scoring like crazy. It's
1: not Pele. So, it he's playing now, <laughs> I don't. I don't, where I he's don't come get it. From.
0: I thought he was always a deep line midf- midfielder, and now he's like got seven goals in his last eight games. Like what? I was gonna say that's going where on? he used
1: to play. Yeah, that's what he I'm just, it's, he, he, it's the midfield and and the, the Man City. I could talk about all day. Recently, without yeah. they didn't even play with the striker. Do they? They play with a false nine. Not
0: anymore. And not anymore. It's insane,
1: <laughs> isn't it? It's just watching them play. Like one minute Cancelo is he right back or is he up front? Gundogan oh, no, is he a striker? It, it's brilliant to watch. It it's, is brilliant. To watch. Yeah. But as you said, they they have the depth and Liverpool where it's it's the same similar at right back. If Alexander Arnold's injured or if Robertson's injured, they haven't got a player who can where step they turn? in.
0: Where do they turn? Yeah, Cancelo's injured.
1: Line. They turn to Walker. Like it, it, they've got brilliant players. Mendy, yeah, he's not brilliant. They turn to Zinchenko or yep. that they, they have players or Laporte or Ake, they can both play at left back, but Liverpool that a strong reliance on the start eleven and Allison, Allison's huge. If Alisson's injured, we've seen with Adrian that <laughs> they look a completely different side.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm willing to say that without without Allison it doesn't matter who they have in that starting 11. Their That quality of that team, the performance of that team, just drops.
1: Even it with Van Dijk. Yeah.
0: Even with Van Dyke, Even with TAA and Robertson. Even with that front three and all the midfielders. Like, their quality drops. And their performance drops without Allison. It's crazy to see. And I still think that after that Man U game, the, not the most recent one where they where they lost, but the one before that in the EPL, when he made those yep. two incredible saves against Bob Oh right, yeah, Bruno. Like after that game, I just said, "Yeah, he's the best goalkeeper in the world, bar yeah. none." Like
1: that, I completely agree with you on that. Nobody
0: else makes even that against easier.
1: Burnley when they even against Burnley when yeah. they uh, lost. I know he still kept them in minute. There could have been a, f- a couple of more goals, really. Like he, yeah. he, 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 he's brilliant. There's an over reliance on him, especially, but he, he, he plays as an as like a sixth defender. Sorry, a fifth defender. He's oh, brilliant he on the ball. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love him. Definitely yeah. the best keeper for me in the world.
0: Yeah, he's uh, definitely. He's like, I, I find that when you have certain guys between the posts, um, you get a little more confident as a defender. You get a little sense of, you know, safety. And those guys are Manuel Neuer. Because when Manuel Neuer, if I'm a center back and I know that I got Neuer behind me, I don't really stress out much if somebody runs past me, yeah. to be honest with you. I'm going to get yelled at by him. He's going to rip me to shreds. <laughs> but I'm not worried about it because he's going to save it. And really then cool. Allison is the same. And then guys like Buffon used to be like that. Still kind of is. But these are guys that you can fully rely on when you screw up.
1: All Black. All Black's another one. You, all you Black. I, yeah, my bad. Definitely. Yeah. All Black is
0: just... All Black He doesn't have the vocal presence that those guys do and, and the scare factor, but he's just so incredibly good.
1: Yeah, he's, he's brilliant.
0: so incredibly good. I've seen him make some just stupendous saves over the years where you're kind of shocked that a human being can dive... That's it. He moves like he's way.
1: on a game, doesn't he? I always think he <laughs> looks know. like he's not real. He looks like he's a game character or he's something. He way he
0: But yeah, I totally agree with with Liverpool there. They just don't have the depth. They have the quality in the starting 11 when they're all fit. But to carry it on with all these injuries, that being said, do you really see them winning the EPL this year?
1: Not for me, no. I, really? I said in, a, in recent weeks, I said it about a month ago, on another podcast, I asked for my prediction yeah. and uh, I'm kind of glad at Liverpool, sorry, when I say I'm glad, I, I, I predicted Man City win this year. Okay. I said yeah. the depth of their squad and they, we've seen even with De Bruyne out they, they're still an unbelievable side and they finally sorted out their back four with Stones and Diaz. That was the main problem for City. You always knew they'd score goals, it was defending yep. and with Diaz and Stones now, they, they, I think I, I read something like but them two together in nine hours of football they've conceded two goals in the league now. Which yeah. you can, no matter what, they're gonna score goals like we saw when they absolutely battered West Brom. Like, you, you can see they are a brilliant, they are a brilliant side. And I I can't see them stopping. It yeah. reminds me of that season when they broke their points record.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think that was seventeen eighteen or eighteen nineteen. Yeah, one, one of the of those. two. Yeah. One of they? those two, because that was back to back years. Um, yeah, I, I I totally I think I would pick City. I just don't think, man, you have the longevity and the depth. Um, but you see the impact that a guy like Diaz had, like that. that, yeah. that I'm talking the same level of impact that Van Dyke had when he came to Liverpool. It's that level because, like you said, the problem is or was with City is that they were they would let goals in and they would, you know, after
1: company left, wasn't it? I couldn't ex- fill the void. That exactly, company left exactly.
0: Exactly, and the problem was is that you know they're going to score goals, but not all the time. That's what they proved to us. Not all the time. They're going to concede goals all the time, most of the time. But but scoring those is, is sometimes hard, and that's where they kind of lost their edge, especially last season. But Diaz comes in, an absolute boss in the back line. All of a sudden, Stones is playing ridiculously well. And now we're looking at a team that is in incredible form. Last five games, they won all five. They they're barely conceding any goals, like you said, two in the last last nine hours of football, which is I know, it's crazy, ridiculous. And what you know, who's going to stop them, on a real or really no? Who's I, gonna? I, 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 can't,
1: I can't see anyone to be honest. I saw I went to last year. I went before obviously the pandemic of COVID. I uh, when I went to watch Benfica play, and I, I saw Diaz play. Oh really? And um, I I remember watching him then and think I'd seen a lot of clubs who were linked with him and I. To be honest, when I, I first started watching him, I have never seen a, a defender play like the way he did. He was driving with the ball. You'd have thought he was a holder holding midfielder the way he was driving with the ball and he, he was commanding. I think he scored actually. He scored from a corner really? but his presence was unreal. And I remember saying after that game, if he comes to the Premier League, he's a leader and he's a warrior like he he battles through anything. He's he's like an old school defender. He'll throw his body on the line but yep. he can pick out a pass and he's brilliant on the ball. I, I do think he's a perfect centre-back as we've seen in, in yeah. recent weeks. And other than Fernandes and Van Dijk, really, I know it's quite early to call, but is there a, is there a Premier League player who's had more of an impact on a side so quick?
0: Really? I don't think I, so. I don't think so.
1: Maybe Salah or other players like that, but yeah. what he's done, he's literally come in and it instantly changed. Like it hasn't taken him any time. He's, he looks like he's played at Man City for years.
0: Yeah, it's the same. It was the same thing he's- with Bruno. To be honest with you, like that, that it's very close. And Van Dijk as well. That's it's a tough. That's a tough question. But uh, yeah, no, no, I. He he is like you said, vocal. He's a dominating, dominating figure. He is an absolute unit. He's a huge lad. He's got strength. He can jump, and he just you know it's it's hard enough to come into a mid of the you know mid-table team and become the leader right away he came into Manchester City Manchester City De Bruyne Fernandinho Ederson very vocal guys and very you know leader guys Aguero he became the leader right away he became the That's leader amazing. right away and he just started yelling at people and say and commanding that back line and now I honestly don't think anyone is going to stop them nobody
1: yeah should be interesting uh, to see if they okay. can finally make a move in the Champions League, like if they can really push on this year. Right. Because I, I still can't, but I still think last year was one of their biggest chances when they when they play against Olympia Leon A. I d I they just didn't seem to have a backbone. But then looking at them now, I can't see it any many sides tearing them apart defensively.
0: True. True. And I honestly that game against Leon, they they lost that game. They beat themselves. I mean, do you like Sterling at all?
1: See, my problem is still, I, I do like him. Yeah. And I, his stats are unbelievable. His stats, you can't lie, he's a, he's a brilliant player. And under Pep, yeah. he has changed.
0: Yeah. 100%. I was
1: always worried. He's very inconsistent when he was at Liverpool when he was younger. Mm-hmm. But I do think he, he can go missing. I, and especially, I know what you're going to say, I, I did think he did go missing in 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 that game. He, Yeah.
0: I just, look, I, I, I've seen him do it before, which is the only reason I'm bringing it up. But he missed an absolute sitter, an absolute sitter in front of the goal. And for me, you got like that is that's where they lost control of the game because you have to score that goal. You have to score that goal and get your team level. You
1: don't get those chances, do you? You don't get any chances like like,
0: that. Like you don't get chances. And, And the problem is, is that the way this tournament, the UEFA Champions League works, it's very mystical, right? It's just a lot of superstition. We typically see things like that, where one team will have a blaring open chance. They'll miss it. And then minutes later, the other team will go down and score. That's the way the tournament works. It works on you screwing up and then screwing up again, or it works on streaks. And when I saw that, I said, you know what? Leon are going to score now. Leon are going to score now. Because imagine if the tables had turned. Imagine City or Sterling scores that goal. They're just going to keep scoring. That's the way the team yeah, works. No, That's agree. the way the tournament the confidence. works. Confidence, yeah, yeah. You roll downhill in the Champions League, and if you don't shift the tide and score that goal, then you're gonna face a chance at the other end, and they did, and they conceded, and they lost. And for me, I again, I know Sterling is a brilliant player. It's just my issue is that if you're going to be that next level, you gotta score those goals, as easy as they are. You have to score the tap-ins in the big games. Yeah,
1: no, I, I, agree. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, Yeah, I do think he has worked on his finishing. I know, I know that was a massive problem, but you can see the improvement. But I I do get what you're saying. He does miss quite a few big chances, Mm -hmm. and he can go missing in big games. Yeah, definitely,
0: he's he's had he's had improvement a lot, hundred percent. You can you can see it, like you said, with the stats. But it's just that's that's where my worries lie in the Champions League with City. Now with uh, Diaz, they're gonna. I think they're gonna go pretty far in the tournament. I don't want to pick a winner yet because Bayern are still Bayern. And it's too Um, early, isn't it? Too too early. early. So many things could happen. A lot of things could happen in the next two and a half to three weeks, like injuries. And
1: and there's always a big upset quite early on. Every year is a big upset. And I don't want to be the one who calls it (laughs) and someone clips this and I look like an idiot. So I'm definitely not calling it anything
0: yet. I'm trying to think of who the upset would be in the round of 16. And unfortunately, it doesn't bode well for Juventus because they do face a lower level team. But at the same time, so do City. They played much in Gladbach. Yeah. And I who else? I who's Sevilla playing? Sevilla's playing Bruce, so that's pretty even, even playing field there. Um, but moving to a result that we saw yesterday, Sheffield United versus Manchester United. Sheffield beat them two to one with a lake. So what are crazy. you thinking about that?
1: My mom, my mom was blown. I, I I I wasn't going to watch the first half, and I saw the score. And I know Man United always go one nil down, and we've seen that in recent weeks. Yep. They, I think it's twenty one points now they've got from losing position. they the do always go one 0 down. But the thing is, Sheffield United are desperate for points, and that they will they will put up a fight. They, they were a good side last year, and, I, and yep. they're a good side still. They're still staying. They're playing the same way as they did last year. I think they just got unlucky. But with United last night, they looked they looked tired. I, I think that was what it was. And Sheffield United deserved to win. Like they, they had some big chances. Mm-hmm. And you look at the likes of Tuan Zabi, who didn't really step up. Yeah. De Gea was at fault for that one when he didn't I don't know why he didn't clear it. And yeah. I, I don't know what it was. They just they just lacked I think they just I don't know if it's because they're now being mentioned as title challengers or they just lacked confidence and they did seem really tired as a, as a team those there's poor marking and it lapses of concentration. I'd say Yeah,
0: I, I the lapses of con- concentration is what I was going to say. Um, they're just lazy. I thought, I thought Martial was just lazy, just walking yeah. back. You know, you're, you're, they're counterattacking against your team. It's one, one, like it's you're, there's only like 15 minutes left. Why are you walking that you're supposed yeah. to be scoring a goal? This is man. You you're Martial play and they're on the counterattack and, He's just fronting around, floundering. And then when they score, you know, he made a little run, stopped. Like, you can't be lazy in any league, let alone the Prem. You can't I agree. do it. I agree. And
1: and you'll get found out.
0: Yes, and you'll get exposed. And when I the only the problem is with me is that when Bruno Fernandez is the only guy on that team that's running, that's a problem. That's a problem. It's a huge problem, yeah. It's definitely. Because because to be honest with you, with his tactics, he is all over the field, but he's not really helping out that much defensively, or he's not supposed to. And when I see him run 50 yards to make a tackle when the left back of Sheffield is running down the left side, and then Bruno takes that tackle in his own box, why does he have to do that? You know, yeah. like, where's wambisaka Bisaka? Where's Fred? Where's Pogba? Where's like, where are these guys? Martial, why didn't you take him out in, when you had the chance? It's just laziness. And,
1: yeah. and you can see Fernandez's frustration, can't you? Yes, and the yeah. problem is it's it's brilliant that Fernandez has that trait that he, he does want to track back. And I, I love him for it. But the problem is he'll win the ball back and he'll turn to make a pass when he should be the one receiving the ball higher up the pitch. You don't want Fernandes in your own area. Yeah. It's brilliant that he does it, but he's not going to do anything when he's back there. He's not going to cause any danger for the other side. That That is no. the problem for Man United. That there is an over-reliance on him, I definitely think.
0: Yeah, and like you said, you don't want him to get the ball in your half. You want him to get it in the offensive half and score a goal. So why does he have to do everything on this team? Why is everybody overtly lazy? And this is like a, this is an example of why Man United will not win the league. This is a prime example of it. You, you lose to 20th place Sheffield United. Yes, they are a good team. They had an excellent year last year, but this is supposed to be a cleanup game, man. This is supposed to be an easy game. Why are you losing it? Why is everybody lazy? I, I, I feel the When you
1: look at some of the players, they've got a lot of youth in the side. When you look at, as you said, like wan Saka, they've yeah. got Greenwood starting there, Rashford, yeah. Marshall. There's a lot of pace and youth in there, and they really should be running out of energy after the 50th, 60th minute. But like really, I know there's a lot of controversy with the, with the disallowed goal, and I, yes. I do get, I do understand the problem. I do think that should have been a goal. Yeah. And potentially um De Gea was fouled for the goal but you can't deny the fact that Sheffield were better than them and wanted it Man United just didn't seem to want it
0: I think I think they they had that attitude where they were like we deserve the win so we're just gonna we're just gonna get it I guess like it's just gonna be handed and just to sulk us. about it yeah and just sulk about yeah. it if we don't and that's just you can't have that attitude if you want to be champions you just you just can't yeah. uh but I Sam, do agree
1: with you Martial
0: yeah, Martial. I was going to say,
1: I do agree, Martial, for definite,
0: definitely. Yeah, oh, I, I, he's got the potential to be a world class talent. The drive is not there. He is li- the laziest guy I've ever seen.
1: As you said, with body posture, he's, his shoulders are always down. He's always looking down. Like, he's I, always just. I, solid, I, I get. He's got a lot of. I get. He, he. I know you've said potential, but how long are we going to say this player has potential until he, he's <laughs> not hitting the hitting the potential? He's. Yeah. I think he's only. I read a stat. It's the six, six years now he's been playing. He's only scored over 10 goals three times.
0: Yeah.
1: And so it's, it's it's not the level that he should really be at. And considering he was the most expensive teenager at the time. I know. I completely agree with you. When when will people start getting annoyed? Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Definitely. It's just like the laziness as a young guy, laziness, the lack of drive. Like, what is he? Is he 25 or 24?
1: I think he's he's one of the two for definite. But you thought with Edison Cavani on the bench, like he'd be wanting to really show that he deserves a place in this team. When if you don't, He, put he in didn't Cavani. seem to want it.
0: Jeremy yeah, like-
1: Cavani yeah. has got to play against Arsenal. Yeah. He has Co- to play Cavani, against Arsenal.
0: Cavani is still a fantastic player. He's a lethal finisher. He's not going to run as much as he used to, but he's a lethal finisher. He's Edison Cavani. Yeah. He's PSG's and he's want it. scorer. Yeah. He's going to want, want it. it. Of course he's going to want it. Martial should want it more. He's 25 years old. Why does he want it less? What's going to happen when he's 30? He's going to be playing at like air yeah. Barrett's with, with Ozo, not wanting to do anything, yeah. but just play domestically. So, I, man, I, I agree.
1: I don't think he's going to ever live up to his potential. For me, I've said it in some of my own videos, I think he's one of the most overrated players in the league. He does saw that. really wind I me up watching that. it. Uh, that, that to be honest, I thought he was going to cause a lot of controversy, but everyone seems to back it and everyone seems to yeah. agree. Okay. It doesn't
0: seem... So, did the Bruno, did the Bernardo Silva one cause controversy? Did that one spike a little bit? See, <clears throat> not really. Actually, I thought
1: that one would, and a lot, I had a few messages, but it didn't help that he obviously scored against the Villa the day I put out the video. <laughs> yeah, that was I, just yeah. my look. I, I, I mentioned <laughs> that the fact he hasn't scored, and then he goes and scores. Yeah, but I, it, when I say it did cause a bit of controversy, but people did see my point that. We see other players stepping up to the plate, like Mares is having a brilliant season. Yeah. Fran Torres, when he comes into the side, he's playing well. Sterling, mm-hmm. when you really think he should... Bernard, sorry, Bernardo Silva was one of the best. He was considered to be one of the best. I don't think he... I don't know what it is. He seems to be missing something. He's not that player that he was a couple of seasons back, or the player he was at Monaco. Yep. I do think he's put on a pedestal a bit. I do think he, he might be just out of form. I don't yeah. know, but he hasn't lived up to the standards he set himself
0: yeah I, I I agree with you um he I think he is at a forum to be, to be honest because uh, he is he's a brilliant player in my opinion and he has this he has this the the, the, the tool set to become even better than he is because he's not playing that well right now let's yeah uh, float around that um, but the reason why and I think that Mares is a little more appealing than Bernardo is because Mares is more of a finisher and Mares is a better finisher than, than he is and Bernardo's more of that guy where he, he may start on the right wing. But you're not going. He's not going to stay there the entire game. He's a worker. He's a runner. He's going to contribute yeah. defensively. He's going to create. But that's why I think he's more, or sorry, Mars is more appealing. Just Mars is more of a scorer. Cut in from the, <clears throat> cut in from the right side. You know, rip a shot top left corner. As like I say, left,
1: his left foot is unreal, isn't it's insane. it? Insane. He'll beat why, any defender. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's why he's more attractive than than Bernardo Silva. But in terms of work and overall contribution on the field, if we're not talking about goals. I would for sure say Bernardo Silva does more of an impact and he's a little more hearty. I do agree. But yeah, uh, Sam, thank you very much for coming on. This was an absolute pleasure. Pleasure, my friend. Let's do this. Uh, thank again. you
1: for having me on. Well, I will have to do this again and maybe yeah. look back at some of our predictions and, and later in the Absolutely. season, we can laugh for slagging off. Liverpool. We'll get, <laughs> we'll
0: get it in a few weeks and we'll look back on how we said, maybe man, U is not going to win the title. If they're not like 10 points, <laughs> up, which hopefully they're not, or we're going to look like idiots.
1: And when Chelsea beat Atletico in the cup, <laughs> oh
0: that I'm gonna get, we're gonna get ripped on if that. <laughs> is. Um, thank you for coming on, guys. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Footy Fix podcast. Thank you very much. You have a good one.